listening to the Rest Roots and Renewal podcast. I'm your host, Eric Russell, and each week I'll sit down with another pastor from the Oaks Community Church and give you a sneak peek of the upcoming Sunday. We will look at what the scripture text is for the week along with the questions we are wrestling with, and we invite you to wrestle and think and feel and pray with us. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the launch of Season 2, and I'm here with Pastor Matt, and we're going to continue the same template that we did last season, which is just to look at the upcoming sermon each week and discuss it. And so we're getting ready to launch into the book of John, and we're not looking at the entirety of the book of John, but we're going to be looking at the seven signs or miracles that John points out in the book. And so the series is going to be titled Believe, and we'll be looking at the seven signs in the book of John. And the first one that we'll be looking at this upcoming week is in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, looking when Jesus turned the water into wine. So I'm going to go ahead and read John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and this is in the ESV. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it out. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So we're calling this series Believe. I know that we had wrestled with, in conversations prior to this, we talked about calling it the seven signs of Jesus, mm-hmm. and and then you'd kind of sent out an email to us saying, hey, I'm thinking believe might make more sense because the seven signs are so that, mm-hmm. you know, we believe. Do you want to talk a little bit about that progression? Like, how do you how did you land on believe, and how do you see that playing out? Is this a series for people who are not Christians to believe, or is this a series for Mm -hmm. Christians then to enrich their belief? Like what, what are your thoughts? Both because when you see Jesus do works that are signs that where heaven and earth are meeting Mm. revelations 21, that this is what's going to happen. You know, that's why I always explain it to my kids. I try to like summarize the Bible for my little kids in a, in a few sentences by saying once upon a time, heaven and earth were one and then they split up and I draw two spheres on the board for them that are separated. And then I try to show that the desire has been to bring them back together and that heaven sent someone over. His name is Jesus. 
and he dies and he that death and then that resurrection begins this healing process hmm. in the like earth sphere so that eventually the the two spheres overlap again that's the whole point of like that's the storyline of the bible and so in the in the gospel like in John's gospel when you're reading it it's like all these miracles are these signs where heaven and earth are meeting hmm. this is what's happening this is what it will mean when heaven and earth start to meet again. Exactly. Things like this. Wine doesn't run out at weddings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People that couldn't see start to see. Mm-hmm. People that couldn't walk couldn't start walking. People that were always liars and cheaters and and they would steal from the poor. They would, you know, they were only cared about their image. All of a sudden start giving to the poor and start like who cares about my image and become this loving humble person like these are the the things that start happening when heaven and earth mm-hmm. meet so in the gospels when heaven and earth start meeting <laughs> through these signs you get polarizing reactions so mm. so so some believe and like fall down and go oh my like the, this new thing is here. Who saw it coming? This is unbelievable. And some say, crucify him. Hmm. Murder him. You see, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the motif. Like that's the, the thing through the gospel. You'll see it over and over again. That it, that it drives some people nuts what, when, when, when heaven and earth start meeting. They don't like it. it. And it's like, why, why would you not like it? Because it's new and it's, un, it's not what they thought. Yeah. And because we have a profound addiction to power and control. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is going to have to sit on the throne, not us. Yeah. And so there is a, for him to be king, it means that we are dethroned. Right. I mean, Jesus will tell at one point, he'll tell a story about a banquet and he wants all everybody to come, and no one wants to come. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. That's a yeah. profound parable that Jesus tells. Yep. And he's, you know, there's like each person that's invited is like it's, they're too busy or they got more important things to do. And he's like, "We'll go out, go to out. the back alleys and invite everybody. Yeah, in. Go to the highways and the hedges. I'm gonna." Yeah. So the point of this series is to say, well, yeah, like you maybe you've been on the fence your whole life or. You're just maybe you're just now starting to come to the fence, and it's like you're you're maybe you're starting to become a Christian. You just are realizing it, 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 it you know, and you're it's like believe, man. But some, of, but I think some of us, it's like we've been in that place of kind of a we've been in a place of believing in Jesus for a very long time, but we need to be reminded that really what you believe really is the direction of your whole life like about everything yeah. what you believe about yourself what you believe about god what you believe about his character like what he's like and what he wants for you what is it that, that like what is it that you believe about those things because that says everything about the direction and the kind of quality of your life mm-hmm. and I want to drive not just a belief in new potential believers, but I want to drive a sense of belief in the enchantment that God is in the ordinary spaces of your life, mm-hmm. driving your belief 
I think I told you earlier, I can't remember, but that there's that, that quote that I think of, yeah, it's Albert Einstein. There are only two ways to live your life. One as though nothing is a miracle. The other as though everything is a miracle. And I think in some ways, I think that's what I'm trying to, I would love like to be able to communicate. I think our church wants to communicate to people. Isn't that like, which path do you want to take? And that like, there are miracles all the time because all of life is, is grace because Jesus Christ came down and he walked among us and he lived in, in such an incredible way. And then he died and resurrected. And therefore now everything is open. Like you, heaven and earth met and then they're going to fully be joined one day. And when they fully join, it will be a banquet where the wine overflows and it never runs out. And that's the direction of your life. It's just, do you believe it? And if you believed it and wrestled with that belief all the time, how would it make your life different? The kind of hope you would have, the being able to take things in stride, the, the being able to trust him even when things are going terribly wrong. And, right, and sometimes things go terribly wrong. We know people in our church, I've had things go terribly wrong in my life at times. And But if this is the kind of God he is, then it's like you can... You can drive that trust and say, hey, whatever he's doing, just trust him. Continue to do what he says because he'll make good on it, right? Like that, that's kind of what, what I was trying, that's what I'm trying to say is that don't overthink, don't overlook the fact that like go back to the place of what is it that I believe? It's just, there's something really powerful about that, I think, about just coming right back to that very beginning of like, what is it that I believe about God and how he feels about me? What is it that I believe that he wants to do? And you know this, but it's like there are people, there are lots of people in the world that he's like, do you believe in God? They'll say yes. A lot of people, man. There are not that many, there are not that, the same amount of people. And by the way, I'm not, this is not me talking about like this. I, the one thing I would not want to do is turn this, this story into a, another st- work story of like, see what he did, work harder. Mm-hmm. at like doing what he says. Right. If you would, you know, like, yeah, the way, and the way that Mary tells the servants, like f- fill up the, you know, whatever he says, do it. And you gotta, you gotta start, you know, you gotta start emptying and filling and doing all the work. If you will, you'll see the miracles in your life. Like yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's not what I'm saying, but I am kind of saying like, I do think trust is something that we can actively work on. I think trusting in grace is something we actively have to work at. Yes. Our works, our, 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 our transformation. Jesus creates the transformation. He does the transforming work in the water to wine. The, the, the thing about it is, is like we, we come to the table unable to make transformation happen. Hmm. We come to the table in need and draw, and we say, we will trust that you are good. That's what we're going to do. We're going to trust that you're good. That seems to be, to me, that seems to be the requirement of the gospel. To receive the good news is yeah. need. And it's like, do you, do you believe that he's good? Yeah. Well, I mean, using that banquet analogy or the party analogy or wedding analogy, you know, yeah, or they're the wages, showing us the wages story. <clears throat> yeah, is another one of like, do you begrudge my generosity because I want to pay these people the same as you? Right. 
<laughs> or, or like you, we just talked about the highways and hedges, you know, the bringing these people in. And I don't know if it's the, if it's John or another one of the gospels, uh-huh. but it's like the guests aren't just given food and drink. I mean, they're given right clothes, right? Yeah. They're given everything. They, exactly. they, they, whatever they came in when with was for nothing. Yeah. They're given new clothes, uh-huh. a seat that wasn't theirs, mm-hmm. food that they didn't earn, uh-huh. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And in a, in, a, in a world that's broken, and then for them, in a world that existed with a set of laws that were stringent, and it was like the to be clean was so much work. Hmm. And to be able to have the imagination to open yourself and say, maybe something new is happening was real mental and emotional and spiritual uh, acrobats for them. Right. Like that, it was tough because it's shockingly different. Yeah. Like, I don't think we knew, I don't think we get the new thing here. I still think we don't. I mean, if you, I mean, you know, the, uh, the, uh, What's the word? What's the what's the what's the genre that you can go into like a bookstore on Amazon? Like the the get, help yourself. What's yeah, self help. Self help. Okay, so yeah. self help is a genre, right. right? A very robust genre. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like yeah, the number one selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. so I mean, it's like we can probably all think of books mm-hmm. that are constantly charting that are self help help books. Mm-hmm. So even this idea of like cleaning yourself up and getting your act together is still seen even today, 2000 years later, as very much something that we do for ourselves. That's right. We love it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So it's, it's this idea of them, cl- you know, this cleansing themselves mm-hmm. or that, I mean, it's the same idea. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do with our self-help stuff. We're just trying to clean up our act. Yeah. Get ourselves together. Yeah. We're still doing that to this day. Mm-hmm. And the message of Jesus to them and the message of Jesus to us appears to be the same, which is if he's going to write a self-help book, it's mm-hmm. not what he did, but he wrote, he wrote a book about how he helped us. Mm-hmm. He did it all. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be run counter to everything that we think is going to help us. Mm-hmm. And that he's not dour. God could have used a lot of human moments to express what he is like and what he wants to experience with us. And one of the key ones that he chose at a critical moment as he's launching his ministry here on earth in the flesh was a wedding banquet. And he made top-notch wine at the end for a bunch of drunk people. And they were, by the way, and I'm not pr- promoting, and neither is the Bible promoting drunkenness, but they are absolutely inebriated. The literal translation, if you look it up, and he <laughs> he pours it on. I mean, he pours it on. So you can cut that from the podcast if you would like, but I'm just telling you that's what it is. Hmm. And this is what he's like. He is He's come to bring good news for you. That doesn't mean that there's still not hard things in your life and in the world. I get that. I, I'm not blind, and he's not blind to it. And he will still go die for all of it. But this is what this is what he's like. At his inmost being is not only not judgmental, 
His inmost being is to give himself to you so that you might have life to the full. And, and my point is, is that that is not a one and done time kind of a belief. You have to, that has to be perpetually reminded and refreshed in your mind and in your heart over and over and over again for the rest of your life. In the same way that these disciples can in one chapter say they believe, they, I think Jesus is like, you have no idea the depths of belief hmm. that you'll need to get you through all the way. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you tastes of it over and over again. And I think each week, that's why when we gather and we do it imperfectly and we struggle to do it well, and of course, I'm much to blame for that. But the reality of it is, is the idea to end every service at the table with a, with a miniature feast is to say, this, this is the, like the constitution that's being remade up like of our lives yeah. is that we have a hope of a feast and yeah. a party and a banquet and a wedding and where there's love and it overflows and all will be well. For listening to the Rest Roots and Renewal podcast, which is a production of the Oaks Community Church in Middletown, Ohio. For more information, visit us at www.theoakscommunitychurch.org. You can also email us at infotheoakscommunitychurch.org. At